Hello, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show, Crash the UK podcast for the culture geek, technology nerd and creative wizard. This is episode 344, recorded on Tuesday the 24th of November 2020, and the time at the beginning of the show is 23.02.25. Oh, yeah, I did manage to do another podcast today. If you listened to the last podcast, you would have heard me saying that I'd do one today, but sounding a bit doubtful. But yeah, here I am. I'm doing it. And let's start off in the proper English way and talk about the weather. What is happening? And why is it already spring? That's what I want to know. The garden's starting to bloom. There are cherry blossoms and flowers coming up, it's weird, and climate change, yeah. The next thing, in the last podcast I said that I was having a bit of a bad time, that's why there was a delay in shows, and that's largely due to a migraine, Uh, a cold maybe, I'm not sure, maybe it's just a migraine, and a blocked ear, all these things, and a few other things took me out. I've only had mild migraines before this one, and this was definitely the worst. Usually my migraines last about a day. This has lasted more than a week. And I read up on migraines, if it is a migraine, because I can't get an appointment to see the doctor, which is a whole different set of moans. But yeah, migraines range from mild to debilitating, and I think I got the debilitating end of a migraine this time. Uh, I think most people with the condition know all this stuff, but migraines are also complicated, so I won't dive into it here, and maybe I'm wrong about it being a migraine, so I don't know. All you need to know is that I had a really bad one, and I really had the works, irritability, aura, headache, light, sound and touch, sensitivity, feeling sick, following by the migraine hangover, which is far worse than one caused by booze, but without any of the fun, I'm still recovering from that more than a week later. And by the way, it is really stupid that printed instructions on how to take your migraine medication are really small, when you have a visual aura messing with your sight. Just a little hint to the people who produce these tablets that don't seem to do anything. Next. And by the way, if you're wondering why we're not straight into the geek stuff, we're in the pre-show section. I'm just catching you up on what I've been thinking and doing that isn't strictly in the realm of geek. And the next thing, Diwali lamps. Yeah, I very, very much do not share Rishi Sunak's politics. However, it is empowering to see a fellow child of the Indian Hindu diaspora occupying quite a high position, (laughs) arguably the second highest position in the country as the British Chancellor of the Exchequer, lighting Diwali lamps right outside the door of number 11 Downing Street. That was quite something to see, and I'm sure he knew exactly what he was doing when he did that. Perhaps it was to get more Hindu votes, I don't know, but that really doesn't matter. Uh, It just 
is important if you're a Hindu, even if you don't share this government's politics. I don't see how anyone could. Next, a few, I was going to say days ago, but it could be weeks ago now, or a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago, I saw some birds of prey, and they were very beautiful, seeing them swooping overhead and scaring the other birds, but they also unsettled some primitive part of my own brain. The ape-man brain, I suppose. It was very strange. Let's move on to food. That's always a good one, as well as the weather. <laughs> it's a good icebreaker. Uh, I've probably already talked about this. Oh, and incidentally, there's going to be some crossover in the topics in this episode. Because of the delays, it is inevitable that there'll be a little bit of repetition, but hopefully not too much. But yeah, on to food. Diwali happened recently, and I ate too many of these Indian sweets called ladus, which are round, yellow, porridgey-like balls, but they are nothing like porridge. They're absolutely delicious. And I ate too many. And I really love them. <laughs> then there was Halloween, which also affected my stomach because I made some really excellent savoury pumpkin pies, and I'm not being egotistical. I'm not a brilliant cook, but I'm not bad. And I'm definitely not an expert on pies, but I mixed several different recipes with some vegetarian tweaks. Because my mother's a vegetarian, I wanted her to be able to eat the pies as well. And it's something I've wanted to try out for years, because of course the Americans have pumpkin pie, and I've had sweet pumpkin pie before, which is okay, but I always thought pumpkins might be nice in a savoury dish, and man, they really are. Look it up. Savoury pumpkin pies. Ah, and this is an update on the little tree in my garden. It is a crabapple tree, and it has produced an abundance of crabapples. They were destined for preserve, but sadly were eaten by bugs. Maybe next year. And why is this an update? Because I told you about what happened to my tree oh, many, many episodes ago. I was doing some gardening and I mixed up this tree with another bush. You know, I got confused as to where the branches were. Maybe it was something to do with my not-so-great eyesight. And I cut the top of the tree and turned it into a stick. But it has recovered, and yeah, it's producing lots of crab apples, which can be used in preserve. And apparently, they have a lot of some natural fruit packed in, so they're quite good to use in preserves because they can gel up nicely without using something like jam sugar or added pectin. And I don't know why food is such a topic of interest for me recently. Maybe it's because I'm a bit greedy. <laughs> but I recently found camel milk in a supermarket. Don't know if it was Tesco or Asda. I think it was Tesco. Yeah, amazing. Camel milk. It was also very expensive, so I gave it a miss this time. Though I am pretty interested in knowing what it tastes like. I mean, I been really interested in 
explorers from around the world since I was a child. And about twenty years ago, I read a book by the desert explorer. Oh, what was his name? I think Wilfred Thesiger. And yeah, I'm kind of interested in lots of things to do with the desert, and camel milk is one of them. I've read other books about other desert explorers and polar explorers as well, but yeah, camel milk in the supermarket, weird. I have also been eating too many breakfast cheese on toast lately. It seems to fill some hole that the migraine has dug or bore or drilled into my brain. In fact, just before this episode, I made two slices of cheese on toast and it was absolutely delicious. Okay, now, ending this extremely long and (laughs) arguably boring food tangent, Barrett's Blackjacks, the previously racist imagery advertising the sweets have long, long gone, thank God for that, but they are now also vegan slash Hindu friendly and thus can be enjoyed by all. Most importantly, me. Like Marmite, (laughs) Blackjacks are something you either love or hate. The flavour, if you want to know what it tastes like, is a rich, sweet and sour licorice taste. Which the very thought of makes my mouth water. Which isn't really good for good mic technique. And now we are 12 minutes in and I really haven't even started the gig stuff, so let's do that now. And begin our culture section. Dangerous Visions. Yes, are you a sci-fi nerd? who is about my age, then you must remember Dangerous Visions, which was an anthology series edited by the late great author Harlan Ellison. According to a Guardian article, after 50 years, the very last Dangerous Visions could be published by Ellison's literary estate's executor and geek god, J. Michael Stravinsky, or JMS, Uh, The guy who brought us Babylon 5. I have read several of the Dangerous Visions anthologies a very, very long time ago. Probably more than 20 years ago, maybe even 30 years ago. And yeah, I'm interested. Authors who have had something to do with Alison have not been that flattering and have had mixed feelings about whether they want to be involved. But, yeah, I'm really interested. And that's Dangerous Visions. Coming soon, maybe. My god, that's the first time we've talked about a book in so very, very long. Let's move on to film. And I watched on BBC iPlayer a film called A Simple Favour in which a plain Jane befriends the Snow Queen in suburbia in this blackly comic and camp murder mystery. It's a forgettable but not bad movie. I enjoyed Anna Kendrick, who played the quirky single Mum. She managed to steal the show from the impossibly beautiful Blake Lively, who is also a really good actress, and I've 
and liked her in other things. What was that film where she was menaced by a shark? Oh, man. I even talked about this in this podcast. But so many things we've talked about. And I can't possibly remember them all. So that's a simple favour. I think it's worth a watch. If it's still available on iPlayer, I think you should see it. If it isn't, there are other means of seeing that. Next, TV. Star Trek Discovery. We've talked about Star Trek a few times now, the new season three. And another thing that I've noticed is, what is it with all this charged emotional acting in scenes that don't really require it? I don't really understand. Yeah, it's pretty strange. Uh, what else? Oh yeah, and the other thing, and I noticed this on the first episode, that this new season of Discovery really reminds me of something very different. Do you think that... Discovery helping to rebuild the Federation is just like in the Andromeda TV series, that crew trying to rebuild the Commonwealth. And aren't they both properties dreamt up by Gene Rodenberry? Is there a link? Let me know if you think there's a link there. Finally, about that new character book. With a cat, don't you think he was reminiscent of someone else from the original series? Gary Seven, for instance? I think he is working for those higher-powered aliens who are trying to save the universe. I think Book is one of those Gary Seven-like characters, especially with that cat. And again, I don't think that's a very... Big leap. I'm sure lots of Star Trek fans have thought that as well. And I'm sure we'll come to that at some point. And by the way, the new Wesley Crusher type character? I still don't like her. Ah, on to something else. Uh, Another TV series, Cardinal. This is a Canadian take on Scandinavian noir that I, as someone who used to live in Canada, simply had to watch just to see what they got right and what they got wrong. (laughs) I thought the first season Serial Killer Hunt was good. It reminded me a little of Luther. I started watching a little bit of the second season, but I tailed off because I had other things to do. And I can only take so much vanilla drama before going back straight into something highly geeky. I suppose. Maybe it wasn't geeky enough. I mean, it's, you know, murder mysteries and sort of CSI type stuff is geeky, I suppose. But, yeah. The first season so far has been enough for me. Maybe if I get bored enough, I'll get further into the second season, and that is Cardinal. Uh, You can get that on iPlayer in the UK. Next, Queen's Gambit is a fine adaptation of Walter Tevis's titular novel about an orphan chess prodigy dealing with addiction. I loved it. I say that as someone who has read and is a fan of every single Walter Tevis novel ever written, 
If you want compelling prose about iconoclastic protagonists, you should read his books. Before we leave TV behind, I just wanted to mention Small Axe, which is a series of BBC films by Steve McQueen, (laughs) a live director and not the dead movie star. The first film is called Mangrove, and it is about the Mangrove Nine trial in 1970s Notting Hill. It was a landmark case and showed endemic racism in the UK police force. Fancy that! I also just wanted to mention one of the actors who played a fairly central role, and that was Malachi Kirby, who is uncannily excellent in his portrayal of the late Darkus Howe. And that's the Small Act series of films, and the one I watched uh, is Mangrove, and there are others as well. I must apologise for the traffic sounds that you may or may not be hearing. I don't know why there's so much traffic this late at night. It's not as if the pubs are open. Are they? I thought they were all closed at the moment. Okay, let's leave the screen behind and move on to gaming. And there is a non-profit organisation called Black Lives Are Critical. There is a Twitter account called at Black Lives Crit. And the reason I'm mentioning them here is that they have produced a set of Dungeons and Dragons dice. They are in a custom sparkly cola colour and are called the Black Lives Are Critical Dice. And if you're interested in those, just look up that Twitter account. Next, to promote the PS5 release, which I believe just happened recently, Sony redecorated some of London's tube stations. The most striking change was the neon tube station signs based on the triangle, circle, cross and square controller symbols. The Oxford Circus Station, for example, had a neon square blended with a tube sign. I thought that was interesting. I do wonder, though, with the lockdown, how many people are actually going to see that? Next, Aragorn versus Fascists. I'm not sure if I've mentioned this before, because it is not a new story, but I came across Vigo Mortensen's letter to Spanish newspaper El Pais, P-A-I-S, not quite sure how to pronounce that in Spanish, back in 2019. In it, he condemns the use of his imagery as Aragorn in The Lord of the Rings being used by an extreme right-wing party. The eloquence and feeling of the letter moved me, so I thought I'd mention it here. And that's despite me not really liking his portrayal of Aragorn. This next thing I've been listening to rabidly. I was listening to it, in fact, before starting this podcast tonight, and that is a podcast called Blowback. If you want an entertaining recap of the lies and absurdity that led us kicking and screaming into a war no one wanted with Iraq, Blowback is the podcast for you.
I have to warn you, I do tend to hit rewind a bit when I'm listening to this because it is so dense with information that it is sometimes hard to follow, but it is very compelling listening. And that's blowback. We've got a lot to get through, and so let's move on to technology right now. No break. A few months ago, I came across my old 100 MHz Intel Pentium CPU saved from my PC from Tiny Computers Limited. Do you remember Tiny Computers? They eventually were bought out by Time. Anyway, it did get me thinking and commiserating as I held that CPU in my hand that retro gear is so expensive now, I should have kept the whole PC. That is the only PC I regret selling. And it was just a big beige box, no-name PC. Ah, it's depressing thinking about. Let's move on to Windows Freezing. For many, many years, and in many incarnations of the Microsoft OS, there have been system freezes. The latest of which took down my Windows 7 PC, and I've talked about in an earlier episode. I'm not entirely sure what the problem is, and I'm not entirely sure that Microsoft even know what the problem is, because this has been going on for years. At least since Windows 3. I do find, though, that disabling every single power-saving feature seems to help. While disabling all the power-saving might not be great for the environment, or your electricity bill, having your PC on for days and heating up your router for days while you reinstall everything is probably worse. Not so long ago, I said that I had bought a soldering kit from Amazon in preparation to do some simple repair jobs, and then I did buy that soldering kit But I didn't test it, and because it was a cheap soldering kit, you know how things are on Amazon. Sometimes even the expensive things just don't work. I don't think it's always Amazon's fault. (laughs) Shock horror, me not blaming Amazon for a change. But yeah, I decided to test it, even though I'm not going to be doing those jobs for quite some time, just in case there was something wrong with it and I needed to return it. Anyway, I finally tested the Tarbiger soldering kit bought from Amazon. I think it cost about £12. Anyway, it does seem to work. Now, when I sort my work area out, I can start some long delayed tech repair projects. Just don't hold your breath though, as it might be months before that happens. Do you like mechanical keyboards and fancy custom keycaps? Well, I do, and I've seen a couple of amazing sculpted keycaps recently. One was a 925 sterling silver green man, and the other was a 3D printed, I think, or perhaps moulded, I'm not sure, gargoyle. Both were very, very me, i.e. proto-goth. They are, of course, totally useless, but also utterly cool, and I want one. Uh, I say proto-goth, by the way, because (laughs) 
when I was into weird and macabre things that wearing black goth didn't actually exist. Yeah, I'm a bit old. Duh. Older. That's what I meant. Not old. <sighs> Back to the custom keycap. Sorry about that. I just sank into a bit of a sulk. Once I can get one of these keycaps, if I can, if I can ever afford one, I just can't quite decide on what least frequently used key to install one on. I know some people have a custom-coloured red escape key, which is really more of a boast that I use Vi than it is a necessity. And by the way, I do use Vi. But having one of these sculpted keys in place of your escape key would be utterly awful because if you use Vi, you have to keep on hitting escape and you'd be hammering it forever and you'd be hurting your finger and possibly damaging this very expensive keycap. Maybe, perhaps, the annoying left caps lock key would be a good place for that. On the other hand, the left caps lock key is a lot wider than a normal letter key or the escape key or one of the function keys. Ah, hmm. Dilemma. Anyway, on to something else. YouTube DL has been reinstated. GitHub, the source code repository, have reinstated YouTube DL after fighting down copyright holders' takedown notices. And I really can't see how in God's name YouTube DL contravenes copyright. I have not used the command line tool myself, but with my increasing difficulties with my Roku Playing YouTube content, I am thinking of automating the process of grabbing all the content I subscribe to, then watching it all offline. YouTube DL is a simple enough command line program if you know how to use the command line, a user skill which I think is sadly becoming increasingly rare. Please, if you're listening to this, learn the command line of your preferred platform. As Monk says, You'll thank me later. You're welcome. And I really do mean that. If you're listening to this and you want to be a cooler, more wizardly geek, learn the command line. It will empower you. Next, Dungeons and Dragons Monsters in 3D. This item is from Polygon. An artist created 3D models of all D&D monsters. And you can download the 3D printer files yourself completely free of charge. And I've put a link in the show notes. If I were a rich man, no, you know what? They're not that expensive now. So even if I were moderately flush, I'd definitely be interested in 3D printing. It just looks really fascinating and really useful if you're into any kind of minor repairs and little bits of DIY, it can be incredibly useful. Maybe one day. And then I'll have something else techie to talk about in this show. On to the next thing. And remember how I wasn't hammering Amazon? Well, now it's time to hammer Amazon. 
Here's an update regarding my Amazon Flex application mentioned in recent podcasts. Amazon Flex is the freelance Amazon delivery service. And I'm not going any further because unfortunately the car that I have at the moment isn't up to the job. It barely scraped through the MOT and that was after some expensive repairs and it still needs more repairs. And the whole car thing is just making me angry at the moment. So I can't talk about that anymore. Next, Abe Books. I've been a customer of Abe Books since the early 2000s, I think. But my great and massive tech guru brain missed the news that Amazon acquired them in 2008, which is really annoying because I think probably sometime after that, uh, yeah, definitely sometime after that, because I didn't start the podcast till 2012, I must have mentioned, hey, you know what? If you want to avoid Amazon, all you have to do is go to eight books. Well, you're not really avoiding Amazon at all. What a complete idiot. (sighs) However, you can still avoid the Amazon monopoly by only using ABooks as a search engine, then going to the dealer's site directly. You might even save a couple of pounds. I do that sometimes. I must admit, I still use ABooks, but then I still use Amazon because who else is there? Okay, moving on to Amazon's previous acquisition of PillPack. Yes, Amazon bought this US pharmaceutical business, PillPack, quite some time ago, and now they have released Amazon Pharmacy in the USA only, which is fulfilling patient prescriptions. The question is, will it come to the UK? And from my UK-centric point of view, High Street Pharmacies dropped the ball a long, long time ago. I have personal experience of frequent prescription mistakes and long queues, so I think it is inevitable that this niche will be filled and it will probably be filled by Amazon. Sadly, you know, it would be nice if there was a High Street Pharmacist that could manage to get your prescription right without buggering things up or being a giant pain in the backside. Finally, back in September, Vice reported that Amazon was trying to hire two people to spy on union activity. Thanks to the Internet Archive, these ads can still be seen. The links are in the show notes. (laughs) Have a look at them, they're real eye-openers. And that's it for technology. We're now in the after show section. I only had one thing left to say, and that's the news about that vaccine. I'm not going to go into the in and outs of the efficacy of our particular vaccine, which seems to be still in question. But yes, please, I am utterly and completely sick to the back teeth of wasting away indoors. This last bout of non-corona sickness scared me silly and has really driven home how ephemeral life is. And I've mentioned this before. I just feel like I'm just burning away a whole year for nothing. I hope a vaccine lets us all out of this prison so that we can get on with the rest of our lives. Fingers crossed. 
And that's it. This show is produced, presented, and edited by me, Roy Martha, a writer, Martha is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You find more about me or get in touch at RoyMartha.com if you want to help. Please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen and recommend it to a friend or enemy. You were listening to Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show, Crash the UK podcast for the Culture Geek, Technology Nerd and Creative Wizard. This was episode 344, recorded on Tuesday the 24th of November 2020. And the time at the end of the show is 23.49.43. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye for now. Bye. That was a lot of talking, Roy.